This is an RNZ podcast. Last month here on Media Watch, we looked at Heithenua Todekura, a counter-terrorism hui that was held in Christchurch. It was recommended by the Royal Commission of Inquiry into the March 15 terrorist attacks and organised by the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet. Hefenua Torikura means a land at peace, and the idea of the hui was to discuss ways of preventing similar attacks in future and also combating extremism, which is still on the rise online. And the hui also addressed the roles and responsibilities of our news media. Stuff's boss Sinead Boucher, for example, told the hui that our news media have a social conscience, that social media don't, and sometimes they self-censor to help keep people safe. And I can think of several examples over the last, well not several, a handful of examples in the last few years where media have had to um, keep information, um, that have had to not publish information um, because of the risk that that could bring to someone's safety. And also among the editors present was Mariana Alexander, the head of premium content at the New Zealand Herald. Now, Mariana Alexander is also the current chair of the Media Freedom Committee, the body which represents the mutual interests of our news media. And she reminded the hui that all mainstream news media also agreed on protocols for reporting the trial of Brenton Tarrant last year to ensure that he couldn't grandstand or promote his beliefs. Now at that time, some free speech and media freedom advocates were a bit alarmed by that, and at the Hefenua Todekura Hui in Christchurch, Mariana Alexander revealed that the Media Freedom Committee had also been meeting with the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet with an eye to the future. There's some protocols that have been drafted and we're continuing to work together to work through those, but I think, again, I'm not aware of that happening in any other jurisdictions. Again, an illustration of the media's desire to be a responsible member of our community. So that's really encouraging. And, and, and I think that that will just allow ongoing relationships to continue to develop and trust to happen. And, and I think in future, there'll just be various ongoing commitments to those kinds of arrangements as appropriate, which I think is really important. Now, principles for reporting terrorism events and national security emergencies have been agreed by the Media Freedom Committee and the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet. The terrorist and national security event media protocols outline what the media, the government and the police are expected to do during such an emergency within New Zealand or even one overseas which involves New Zealanders. The overall goal, the document says, is to make every effort to minimise risks to life and property while also informing the public to the maximum extent possible. The document then lists 16 agreed working principles in which all parties recognise that domestic news media and social media are the most effective communication channels for government and emergency services to convey information to the New Zealand public. And the document also says the public expects open, timely and accurate information alongside responsible reporting by media. Now, for its part, the news media agree in these principles to act responsibly and cooperatively with authorities throughout any given event. So does that then mean surrendering some of their freedom to publish to the authorities during such emergencies or even after? Well, the principles clearly state editorial control will remain with news media editors, with one exception. The Emergency Powers Act of 1987 allows for the preservation of anonymity for operational personnel or equipment and techniques lawfully used to deal with an emergency. So far, so straightforward, but another working principle is this one. It's understood that terrorists or their accomplices may use social media to live stream their actions, monitor media and social media to gain information about tactical responses, and communicate with the media via social media during an ongoing event. 
And with that in mind, the media have agreed in these principles to exercise appropriate editorial judgment about publishing any unverified information from such sources, as well as terrorist symbols, signs and propaganda. So, in other words, editors can publish that stuff, but they would have to be able to justify it to the Media Freedom Committee, as well as the authorities, if they do. Now, these working principles also say that the New Zealand media will have a heightened awareness of responsibilities to New Zealand audiences and must recognise that precise language is important in any commentary in order not to frame a specific section of the community as a security risk. The protocols also cover what would happen if a news media organisation is contacted by a terrorist or terrorist organisation. The Media Freedom Committee has agreed that authorities will be notified if that happens, but the government or the police cannot force the media not to publish anything they learn from a terrorist or terror group. However... Any request for withholding the publication or broadcast of such information will be most seriously considered by the relevant editor who will make the final decision. So what about their right to air important information of genuine public interest in such an emergency? Well, working principle number nine says the principles of the Official Information Act apply. So information of interest to the public should be made available via the news media unless there are compelling security or public safety reasons not to do so. Now, the principles add that no unnecessary delays will be imposed on that and that decision-makers will be made available to the media as well. Finally, after any given terrorist event or security emergency, these protocols also oblige authorities and the Media Freedom Committee to review it all and how communication between the various parties could be improved in the future. Now, it's hard to say what difference these protocols will mean if or when there is another act of terrorism here or one that targets New Zealanders somewhere else. But nothing the media did or said on or after March the 15th would have been in breach of these principles, either in the letter of them or the spirit, with the possible exception of two instances of the airing of images from the terrorist live stream, one online for a short time and one on a TV news broadcast. But they will give the media something to point to if authorities in future do overreach by trying to shut down coverage that is responsible and in the public interest.